Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. So glad that you could join in today. Trust you're having a wonderful day. In this episode, we are going to examine the evidences from archaeology that match up with what we read in the Word of God. It's a monthly episode, so we're back at it again today. In 1979, a group of amateur archaeologists led by Gabriel Barclay were cleaning some ancient tombs in Kedef Hinnom, which overlooked the Hinnom Valley in Jerusalem. They made a number of discoveries, and among of these discoveries were two tiny amulets. Uh, and these amulets were silver scrolls, were dis- deciphered over the years, and published in 1989. The early Hebrew script dated them before the Babylonian conquest in 587 BC. So just a few moons ago, right? And uh, that is at the time, it's around the time period of Jeremiah the prophet and King Josiah. And if you didn't know, King Josiah was a righteous king, a king who desired uh, to follow God. I believe he was the last righteous king of uh, Israel, or sorry, Judah. And uh, so it was around that time, 587 BC. Uh, this discovery uh, was interesting uh, because the scriptures that were contained uh, were from Numbers and uh, I believe it Deuteronomy as well. And um, they, sorry, yes, Numbers, sorry, just Numbers, not Deuteronomy. And uh, so it had been suggested that the five books of the Old Testament, the first five, um, could have been composed after the Persian exile in 539 B.C. That's what some critics are saying, have suggested for years and years and years. So that means that that wasn't true. It wasn't written in 539 to give some sort of history for Jerusalem or Israel. Um, This was copied from numbers long before the Jewish people went into Persia, into exile. And um, so... It's interesting, again, just giving a evidence that God's word is true. It has been around as it, is, it claims to be. Now, the script was very, very small, but it contained um, verses from Numbers chapter 6, uh, verse 24 26. Uh, may Yahweh bless you and may he keep you. May Yahweh make his face shine upon you and grant you peace. And the second one reads, may Yahweh bless you, keep you, may Yahweh make his face shine upon you, grant you peace. Uh, So it's not uh, exactly how we would read it, but it was, again, from uh, the original text of Numbers, again, in Hebrew language and things. So that's that's an amazing little find, again, showing that God's word was written long before it. it, So many critics today say that it's all a setup. Uh, the scriptures were written to prove something. No, the scriptures are written by God using men as penmen, uh, proving he is God, never proving after the fact. It's always saying, yes, I am God. And I was God before this, before the exile. I had used men to write it and then after as well. Uh, so those amazing little finds uh, are preserved in the Israel Museum in Jerusalem, Israel. So unfortunately, we're not going to see them anytime soon. Uh, with uh, all the travel restrictions we face right now. The writer of Exodus 
account uh, provides names of the Hebrew midwives. So we're going from uh, those amulets now to some uh, things about uh, the Exodus. Uh, so the names are given to us. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, which uh, of the name one was Asherah and the other one was Pua. Now, the Pharaoh's name wasn't given. It's just Pharaoh. No Pharaoh is named in the Bible, like actually Pharaoh whatever, uh, until the time of the divided monarchy, which was Israel and Judah splitting around 925 BC. So a key to the date of the Exodus is found in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. And it came to pass... In the 480th year after the children of Israel were come to the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziph, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. The fourth year of Solomon's reign is said to be 480 years after the Exodus. The fourth year is agreed to be uh, 966 B.C. That would place the time of the Exodus at 1446 BC during the reign of Tumuths III. Tumuths III came to the throne in 1479 BC and he reigned a long time, 55 years. Now, the first uh, 22 years, he co reigned with his stepmother. Uh, so he wasn't the ruler for 55 years, like purely the ruler, but he was for a long time, 33 years after. And Tumas III uh, fought in, from what we know in uh, secular history, he fought in 17 campaigns. And he really extended Egyptian power to its farthest limits uh, that we pretty much ever know about. He's actually known as the Napoleon of Egypt. So, you know, he, he had some prowess in the battlefield. Egyptians mummified important people. I don't think that's uh, news to you. I think you know that already. I think right now in the ROM, they have Egyptian mummifications and mummies and things. Uh, not that we can go there at the moment, but they're there as exhibits. And Tumas III was found in uh, Thebes, Egypt. Upon examination of Tumuths III, researchers found significant scarring. So they did such a good job uh, in the modification of bodies that they were able to see scars on the skin, which is truly amazing. But the scars on the skin represent, or what they could see, would be boils, scarring from boils. You know, that's when the plagues that struck Egypt, Egypt right, was, was boils. Interesting. You don't, you don't read about that in your history books. Uh, but it's an interesting fact that that's what they found upon removing him from his tomb and, and examining him. The children of Israel left Egypt and entered the, the wilderness. After they crossed on dry ground through the Red Sea, the Red Sea then swallowed up the Egyptians in pursuit. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 27, it says... And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. The Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. 
and the renamed not so much as one of them. Now, once in the wilderness, Moses went up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. Now, there is much discussion about the physical site. Um, there's at least five suggested sites of this location, but the site is not as important as what was given. Okay, obviously the laws are most important. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 3, it says, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Now that that was a huge thing to say uh, and a command uh, because in that culture, in that time period, there was always gods. Uh, you contrast that, that you shall have no other gods before me, contrast that with Egypt, which the children of Israel just left, and Egypt had up to 2,000 gods. Many would suggest, uh, this is the cynics again and the skeptics, many would suggest the Mosaic Law is comparable to the law of Hammurabi, a Ammonite Babylonian king. Now, I'm not going to disagree that there is some similarities between the laws, but there are significant differences. So they're not comparable across the board because it came from a different source. Hammurabi addressed nine gods in his law. Well, we just read in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, where it only worshiped one. Hammurabi is the author of his laws. He's very proud of that. Moses received his as a revelation from God. Hammurabi laws have no reference to the moral qualities of the gods. The Mosaic laws are a reflection of the holiness of God. There are clear rules for punishment of the crimes in the law of Hammurabi. There is no provision for forgiveness since gods had little interest in morality. In the Mosaic laws, sin is primary affront to the character of a God, but repentance and sacrifice for, for forgiveness and reconciliation are inseparable from that law. So, I mean, massively different. Okay, sure, there might be some similarities, but they're massively different. Uh, the proper conclusion is that the laws and religion of Israel were uniquely revealed to Moses by God and reflected his plan for salvation from the dawn of creation. Jesus believed that God had given, his father had given the law to Moses. John chapter 7 verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? This, you know, Obviously this was uh, some antagonists towards Christ and what his ministry was. Now, it's, it's interesting as you kind of look into these things and I have to be honest I really enjoy putting this one together just the differences and yet people try to make them the same there's listen man's ways are not God's ways God has a plan and men wicked men will do whatever they can to hide the truth but you can't hide truth you can try to be deceptive but the truth the word of God will always shine forth. Thank you for joining in today. I hope it's been helpful and educational for you. Have a wonderful week. Keep exploring the Word and looking to Jesus.